I'm going to invite you to turn to Psalm 36. This is where we'll mostly be this morning. Psalm 36. I want to title the message this morning, Being Satisfied with God the Father. Being Satisfied with God the Father. I'm going to start in verse 4, I mean in verse 5. Psalm 36, verse 5. Thy mercy, O Lord, is in the heavens, and thy faithfulness reaches unto the clouds. Thy righteousness is like the great mountains. Thy judgments are a great deep. O Lord, thou preservest man and beast. How excellent is thy loving kindness, O God. Therefore, the children of men put their trust under the shadow of thy wings. They shall be abundantly satisfied with the fatness of thy house. And thou shalt make them drink of the river of thy pleasures. For with thee is the fountain of life. In thy light we shall see light. O continue thy loving kindness unto them that know thee. And thy righteousness to the upright in heart. Let not the foot of pride come against me. And let not the hand of the wicked remove me. There are the workers of iniquity fallen. They are cast down. And they shall not be able to rise. Let's pray. Our dear, most wonderful, gracious, heavenly Father, we thank you today that we can call you Father, that we can call upon you as your children, and that you answer us in the day of our trouble, in the day of our need, and that you are always there for us, and you are always with us, and you are always leading us with that gentle and compassionate and unseen hand. And Father, you are always putting your arms of comfort and protection and healing around us in our moments of pain, in our moments of grief, in our moments of sorrow. You are always there encouraging us in our moments of triumph and of joy. And you give us that peace, that safety that we need, Father, to be able to live in this sinful and dark and cursed world so we rejoice today that we can call you our father and father help us through the lord jesus christ our savior help us to be satisfied with calling you and knowing you as our father i pray that you will use your word to encourage your people this morning in jesus name i pray amen today is a day that we celebrate uh, fathers, and we are so grateful and thankful for all the fathers here in this church. I called my dad this morning and just told him how much that I loved him and was thankful for him. The pattern that he set before me, the example that he set before me, the way that he raised me, although not perfect, he tried to follow and has always tried to follow the Lord and his word and I have always felt my whole life that he has loved me. And that's very important for us in our lives. We know that we have a huge problem today in our culture and in our country of fathers who are missing, of fathers who are absent, of fathers who may be there, but they are not good fathers at all. And you may have experienced that, or maybe you are experiencing that in your own life. 
There are many who have to deal with absent fathers, many who have to deal with abusive fathers, many who have to deal with corrupt and ungodly fathers. And that is hard. That is, that is painful. That is not the way that God intended it to be. And it's not the way that he has commanded in his word. But it is a part of a sin-cursed world that we live in that we have ungodly fathers, ungodly mothers, ungodly children. All of us outside of grace are ungodly. And even still, in God's grace, we still deal with this corrupt, sinful flesh. But despite all that, the encouragement for you and I today is that we have a Father in heaven who is perfect. We have a Father in heaven who is never abusive. He's never absent. He's never uh, unkind. He's never unloving. He never leaves us. Uh, and that is something that we can daily rejoice in, that we have a Father in heaven because of our Lord Jesus Christ, because of our elder brother and what he has done. We have an eternal, loving, gracious, merciful Heavenly Father that cares for us daily and that provides for our every need and that is always there for us in every, through every moment of life. And that's something to celebrate today. Whether you can truly celebrate with your father or maybe your father has passed away, whatever the case is, you can be thankful for what you have. You can be grateful for others that have come into your life, maybe that have filled in the gap of what is missing. But ultimately, if you know God as your father, you can rejoice in that today and be thankful that you can be satisfied with the Father in heaven. And I think that we find that here specifically, and we're going to look at a few different psalms and some other passages. And I just want to encourage you today, as you think about celebrating Father's Day, to be satisfied with God the Father. I, I, I use the word satisfied because we struggle with contentment. We struggle with being satisfied with what God has provided. And ultimately, God is enough as our Father. He is enough. He is all that we need. And what we need the most is to be satisfied and to be delighted and to be content with who God is and who He has revealed Himself in our lives. But we struggle with discontentment. We struggle with trying to find satisfaction in many other things except for God Himself revealed to us in His Word, except through a relationship with His Son, Jesus Christ, as revealed to us in His Word, in communion with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so we were created to be satisfied with God the Father. We were created to glorify God by being satisfied in Him. John Piper says... How do we glorify God? How do we glorify God? How do you glorify God? And he says, by being satisfied with him. Being satisfied with him. He says that how would we glorify something on earth? How would we glorify uh, a job or an employee? Or how would we glorify a fountain, Piper says? How would you glorify a fountain? You would glorify a fountain by only drinking from that fountain. 
We're only looking at that fountain. We're only rejoicing and, and, and beholding the beauty and the wonder of that fountain. Only, only that fountain would lead you to worship and nothing else. You would behold that fountain constantly. You would talk about that fountain. You would tell others about that fountain. You would draw others to see that fountain, right? That's how you would glorify something is by having so much joy and so much, so much satisfaction in it that it would overtake you and it would overwhelm you and everyone else would see that and know that. And that's, he says, we glorify God the most when we are satisfied in him, when we delight in him. We glorify God the most. So that's what we're asking God to do in our hearts today is help us to be more satisfied with you as our father so that then we in return can be faithful children of the father, faithful fathers of our own if God has called us to that. So as we look at Psalm 36, we see that we see that it's describing our father in these verses, right? And what does it say about him? He's merciful, right? Verse 5. Thy mercy, O Lord, is in the heavens. It's also in the earth. It's also in your heart. He's been merciful to you if you know him and you've been redeemed and washed in the blood of Christ. Thy faithfulness reaches unto the clouds. God is not only merciful, and not only does he withhold his his judgment against us, which we deserve, and he pours out his blessings upon us. But he's also faithful to us. He is trustworthy. He is consistent. He is always there. Even if we have earthly fathers who haven't always been there, yet God has always been there. He is faithful. His faithfulness reaches unto the clouds. His righteousness, his goodness, his uprightness is like the great mountains. His judgments are a great deep. So it's just describing the character, the attributes of our Father. These are the kind of characteristics that we should strive to have as earthly fathers as well, as we seek to be like our Heavenly Father. These are attributes that we should all seek to have as the children of the Heavenly Father, that we would be merciful, that we would be faithful, that we would do what is right, that we would execute justice and judgment. Thou preservest man and beast. And then he breaks out into praise. Breaks out into worship. And he says, how excellent, how wonderful, how praiseworthy is thy loving kindness, O God. And we've talked about that word before. How do you describe the love of God? How do you describe the care and the concern and the, and the, and the, and the uh, preciousness This word of God, he says, thy loving kindness. Therefore, the children of men put put their trust under the shadow of thy wings. And then verse 8 says, this is kind of the the key verse here. And after it talks about the characteristics of our father. And how how this breaks out into praise and should break out into praise in our life. What's the result of viewing our Father and His attributes and breaking out into praise. You will be abundantly satisfied with the fatness of His house, and you shall make them drink of the river of thy pleasures. 
What that says to me is that we shall be satisfied in God. Blessed are those that hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. They shall be satisfied. They shall be complete. All we have, I mean, all we need is in God the Father. All we need is in His Son, Jesus Christ. Why do we seek satisfaction in earthly things? Why do we seek satisfaction in things that will only disappoint us when we have the fountain of life, when we have rivers of pleasures that come from God the Father? This word abundantly satisfied, it means to be saturated. To be saturated. Something that you think about a dry sponge that you have, and you have this dry sponge, and you run water over it, and this dry sponge, it becomes saturated and soaked, and it's just, it, it has taken in all that it can take, and all you got to do is touch or squeeze this sponge, and it will just burst forth with water. And that's what David is saying, that when we behold our Father and His attributes and His characteristics and how He deals with us, and it leads forth in the worship, we will be saturated, we will be satisfied with the goodness and the loving kindness and the mercy and grace of God, and it will spill out in worship and in praise. And we'll keep coming back more and more, for more and more. For with you is the fountain of life, and in thy light we shall see light. So number one, we are satisfied with the Father when we see his loving kindness to us. Have you seen the loving kindness of the Father to you? I mean, Brother, Brother Elliot, in your prayer, you are thanking God for all the things that he has blessed you with and blessed us with. And how, how long could you have gone on? talking about the loving kindness of God and all the ways in which He has provided for us in our lives, physically, financially, but much more than that, spiritually, how He has blessed us, how has He blessed this church, His loving kindness that He has shown to us, the jobs that He has provided for you, the health that He has given to you and to your family. But most of all, the love that we see from the Father, that He gave His only begotten Son. John 3.16 For God so loved you that He gave you His only begotten Son that if you believe in Him, you have everlasting life. He gave you the greatest gift that He could possibly give you. He gave you Himself. He gave you His Son. That is the greatest Example of his loving kindness to us. And you and I can only be satisfied, can only be content when we see that love, when we embrace that love. It will, it will lead to what John says in 1 John 3, 1. You'll break out into praise. Behold what kind, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons and the daughters of God. What kind of love is it that God has shed abroad in our hearts? That he has given us eternal life. That we may dwell with him forever. That we may behold his face. That we may be separated from sin. 
That He remembers our sins no more. That He has forgiven us. That He has cleansed us. And given us peace. And given us joy. We can only be satisfied with the Father when we truly understand His love and His kindness to us. And you will pray like David did in verse 10. Oh, continue your loving kindness. As you have been loving kind to me and as I've seen that loving kindness, as I'm being satisfied by that loving kindness, please continue that loving kindness to me in my life. And you know, we are to follow this example as the children of the Father and certainly as fathers to our children that we, that one of the main characteristics, one of the main attributes that should be said of us as fathers is that we love our children and that we're kind to our children. Same thing should be said about us as to our spouse, that we should love our spouse and that we should be kind to our spouse. And so as we're being satisfied with God as our Father and His loving kindness, it should be overflowing like that sponge that is squeezed. It should be overflowing with loving kindness to everyone in our life. But certainly as fathers to our children, to our spouse, to those that we love. Secondly, not only are we satisfied with the Father when we see His loving kindness, but we're going to go over to Psalm 1, the very first Psalm, and we see that We are satisfied, secondly, with God as our Father when we're satisfied in His Word. How are you fed spiritually? How are you nurtured spiritually? How are you going to be content? It's by reading what God says in His Word. Blessed, happy, I would say satisfied, is the man or woman that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. All those things will lead to discontentment. All those things will lead to being unsatisfied and unhappy with no joy. But his delight, his satisfaction, his contentment is in the law of the Lord. And in his law doth he meditate. Doth he meditate? Does he soak in day and night? And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. You're going to see the fruits of being satisfied with God as your Father in your life. And you're going to see if you're saturating your your heart and your mind with God's Word because it's going to come out in the fruit. In the way that you talk, the way that you walk. Are you satisfied with God the Father? Are you satisfied with His Word? Are you meditating on it day and night? Are you feasting on it? If you are, it will lead to praise. It will lead to worship. It will lead to a love for your Father and a love for His people. We are to delight. I love that word. Whose delight Reading God's word is not a chore, it's not something, it's not a checklist that we check off, it's not, it's not an obligation. Reading God's holy word, his love letter to you, is a joy. It is a delight. It is satisfying. It is better than any other kind of earthly satisfaction that we have. You know, sometimes we think, oh, this is gonna, 
make me happy. This is going to satisfy me. So we pursue it and we, and we, we ingest it or we take it in or, or we think this is going to make me happy. But it just really, it, it temporarily makes us happy. It temporarily gives us joy. But then we find ourselves that we need more of the same thing. We, we need more when we need something different. It never truly satisfies. Have you ever felt that way after reading God's word? After meditating upon it? Have you ever felt like, well, this didn't really feed my soul or heart? Have you ever felt like this didn't satisfy me? I mean, you might be dark spiritually or your mind might be corrupt through sin and you might not be feasting on it like you should. But when you're not doing those things and you feast on the word, there is delight and joy in that surpasses all earthly delights and joys. So we are most satisfied with God the Father when we are delighting in his word. Proverbs chapter 3, and you don't have to turn to these places. Proverbs 3, talking about the wisdom that comes to us through reading God's word and finding God in his word. It says, verse 13, Happy, joyful is the man or woman that finds wisdom, and the man that gets understanding, for the merchandise of it is better than the merchandise of silver and the gain thereof than fine gold. She is more precious than rubies, and all things thou canst desire are not to be compared unto her. You can't compare any earthly delight to the delight that God's word brings and to the delight that God, knowing God as Father, brings. So are you delighting in his word? Are you being satisfied in his word? Or are earthly things are earthly things satisfying you? There's a passage in the Old Testament. I didn't write it down, but I just now thought of it. It says that, that God says that there were two evils that his people exhibited. Number one, they forsook him the fountain of living waters. Right? And then secondly... It says that they made for themselves cisterns that had holes in them that could hold no water. They were be, trying to be satisfied with money. They were trying to be satisfied with, with, with fame. They were trying to be satisfied with sexual sin. He says this is like making a cistern and pouring water into it and expect, expecting that to last. He says there's holes in it. It's not going to satisfy you. He said, first of all, you forsook me, the fountain of living water. You're trying to delight in something else other than God. Don't do it. Number three, we are most satisfied with God as our Father in being in His presence. Being in His presence. What do we really want the most from our earthly fathers? Is it what they can give us? Is it what they can provide for us? Was it really... Putting a roof over our house? Was it really providing clothes for us? Was it really providing an education for us? Was it really so that we could do all the things that we want to do? Thank you, Dad, for helping me able to do all the things that I, could, that I wanted to do. Is that really what, what we wanted the most or we, what we want the most from our father or our mother? It's not, is it? What we were made and designed for is for fellowship. Is for presence. And the worst thing that we see 
in a family, the worst thing that we see that children have to go, to, go through is that when children don't have the presence of their father. Even though he may be there, he is not present with them. He is not active with them. He does not care for them. He does not show this love and concern for them. We are not just providers and protectors. We are nourishers. We are nourishers. We are priests in the family. And so Psalm 16. Says in verse 5. The Lord is the portion of my inheritance and of my cup. You maintain my lot. It's really speaking of Christ here. The lines are fallen unto me in pleasant places. Yea, I have a goodly heritage. I will bless the Lord who has given me counsel. My reins also instruct me in the night seasons. I have set the Lord always before me. He is at my right hand and I shall not be moved. Therefore, my heart is glad and my glory rejoices. My flesh also shall rest in hope. For you will not leave my soul in hell, neither will you suffer thine holy one to see corruption. You will show me the path of life. And in thy presence is what? Fullness of joy. Fullness of joy. Certainly we see that modeled in the Trinity. Certainly we see that with Jesus Christ and his Father, and we, we saw what he said when he was here, the joy that he had in the presence of the Father, the love that the Father had for the Son, the love that the Son had for the Father, and they delighted in being always together and in presence. But there's something here for us too, as it's showing us that, that model before us, we too have great joy when we are in the presence of our Father. You will show me the path of life, and in your presence is fullness of joy at your right hand. There are pleasures forevermore. Through God our Father, through Jesus Christ who is at his right hand, there are pleasures for you, everlasting pleasures. All the pleasures of this life are temporary. They are fleeting. And Solomon says they are vanity. They are vanity. They are like the grass. They are like the flower of the field that appears for a little while and vanishes away. So it said of Moses that he forsook the temporary pleasures of sin for a season. Right? And he esteemed the riches of Christ greater riches than the riches of Egypt. That's what we're talking about. When we're satisfied with God as our Father... We will delight more in Him and in His presence than we do in temporary pleasures that are fleeting. I love that word, fullness of joy. It's the same kind of idea as the sponge analogy. Fullness of joy, overflowing joy, abundant joy. Joy that's filled up with the top. David said, my cup runs over. Because why? Because you have prepared a table before me in the presence of my enemies. God's presence was with him even in the darkest cave. Even in the, when he was surrounded by 10,000 warriors. He said, I will not fear because you are with me. God's presence was everything to David. 
And one of the places that God's presence is seen and felt the most is in his house, is in this place that he has created for his worship, in this place that he has created for your joy. Now, if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you always have the presence of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But when we come together corporately, we feel a greater sense of his presence. And that's why he has designed you to be in his house. And that's why we should always strive to be here every time that we can. We should love to be here and want to be here. If you do not want to be here, if you do not love to be in God's house, in God's house with his saints, you are not satisfied with God as your father. Number five. This would actually be four, sorry. Got to go back to school. Number four. We are satisfied with God the Father most vividly through His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. If you do not know Jesus Christ as your Savior, if you do not know Him as your elder brother, you cannot truly be satisfied with God as your Father. As it said here in this text, at His right hand, who is the, who is the, the Son at His right hand? Who is at the right hand of the Father? Jesus Christ, the righteous. Jesus Christ, the Son of God. He is the pleasure that flows to us from God the Father. He is the joy that flows to us from God the Father. And so that's why the Apostle John would stress that we know Jesus Christ and that we have fellowship with Jesus Christ, the Son, or we do not really know the Father. So Daniel talked about this in 1 John chapter 1. He says, first of all, that which was from the beginning, that's Jesus Christ, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, in which we have looked upon and our hands have handled the word of life. For the life was manifested and we have seen it and bear witness and show unto you that eternal life, which was with the Father and was manifested unto us. Oh, that eternal life. That is in Jesus Christ, which was with the Father and has been manifested unto us. That which we have seen and heard, we declare unto you. That you also may have fellowship with us and truly, verily, of truth. Our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. So there's no being truly satisfied with God as your Father Outside of being satisfied with his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. You must be having fellowship, communion, relationship, union with the Father and the Son. And these things write we unto you that your joy may be full so that you may be satisfied so that you may be complete. You'll never truly be satisfied in this life. If you don't know God as your father and Jesus Christ as his son and as your elder brother and as your savior. So he just goes on to talk about this over and over and over again. Then he comes to the end of a letter in chapter 5. Whosoever believes that Jesus Christ, that Jesus is the Christ, is born of God. 
And everyone that loves him, that begot, loves him also that is begotten of him. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not grievous. For whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcomes the world? But he that believes, trusts, relies that Jesus is the Son of God. You will be delighted, you will be satisfied with God as your Father when you have a relationship with His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Fifthly, and we've we've alluded to this already, but we are satisfied with God as our Father when the worship of God in the church of God is our greatest joy. We are satisfied with God as our Father when the worship of God in the church of God becomes our greatest joy. He is our greatest joy. Just a couple of passages here to encourage you. You can write them down. You can look at these later. Psalm 26. We were there not too long ago. Psalm 26, verse 8. Lord, I have loved, loved, adored, adorned. I have loved the habitation of your house. And the place where thine honor dwells. He says that the place that God's honor dwells is in the house of God. Gather not my soul with sinners, nor my life with bloody men. He doesn't want to be gathered with other sinners. He wants to be gathered with the saints of God, in the house of God, where we honor God. But he says, I love the habitation of thy house. Psalm 84. Do you have this delight? Is this the joy of your heart? Is this the joy and the delight of your soul? Psalm 84 says, How amiable, how lovely are thy tabernacles, O Lord of hosts. How lovely is the house of God to you? How precious is the house of God and the people of God to you. We're going to see it in your life. We're going to see it in the way that you are here and that you're engaged and that we can see it in your face and we can see it by the way that you talk with one another. How lovely is the house of God, O Lord of hosts. My soul longs. Do you have a longing to be here? Does it break your heart when we leave? It should. My soul longs, yea, even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. You'll be satisfied with God when that's your heart's desire. is to be in his presence, to be in the place where his glory is, his dwell, the place he has created for his glory to be seen, a, day, a place of worship, a place of service, a place of love. He goes on to say this in verse 10. For a day, just one day in God's house with God's people worshiping God is better than a thousand days outside of the house of God. 
Whatever you enjoy doing the most. Going to the beach, going to the mountains, spending time with family. Maybe it's your work. Maybe it's reading. What do you enjoy the most? If you could go do something, if you could be in one place, where would you go? What would you do? David said, I would go to church and I would be in the house of God. That's the place for me. Now, did he enjoy other things? Yes. Did he love to go other places? Yes. Can we worship God when we go to those places? See the beauty of his creation? Yes. Can we have joy in those things? Yes. But nothing compares to the house of God for the child of God. That's what he's saying. A day in his courts is better than a thousand. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. And then lastly in Psalm 122. This is just but a foretaste. Just an appetizer of what you can find. Not only in Psalms but in all of scriptures. Talking about this delight and this joy. This satisfaction that we should have in the house of God. David says in Psalm 122, verse 1, I was glad. I was filled with joy. I was filled with delight. I was filled with satisfaction. When they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. It's time to go to worship. It's time to go to church. Our feet shall stand within thy gates, O Jerusalem. Peace is found there. Joy is found there. Goodness is found there. Because of the house of the Lord our God, verse 9, I will seek thy good. I will seek thy good in the house of the Lord. So satisfaction with God as our Father will be seen in the worship of God in the house of God. So as you look at your heart this morning, as you consider God as your Father, are you satisfied in Him? And is this seen in your life? How is it seen in your life? You might say, yes, I'm satisfied with God as my Father, but how is this seen? And I hope that this morning I've been able to give you some encouragements of how you can see whether you are satisfied with God as your Father. Is this true, what, what David said in this psalm, in Psalm 36? Is this true of you? Do you see the mercy of God? Do you see the faithfulness of God? Do you see the righteousness of God? Do you see His judgment and justice in your life? Do you see His preservation Do you see how excellent his loving kindness is in your life? Have you put your trust and your faith in this loving father? Are you abundantly satisfied? Is it overflowing in your life? Is it spilling out to others? Are you experiencing pleasure in worshiping this father? Do you see him as the fountain of life? Are you approaching unto this light and therefore you are seen? Are you praying for that loving kindness to continue in your life? And do not let the foot of pride enter in into your heart and life. So just to review, maybe you're writing some of these things down and you didn't get some of them. Number one, we're satisfied with God the Father when we see his loving kindness to us. Number two, we are satisfied with God the Father when we delight in his word. Three, we are satisfied with God the Father 
most vitally through a relationship with his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Fourth, we are satisfied with God by being in his presence. And then lastly, we are satisfied with God when the worship of God in the church of God becomes and is our greatest desire. I'll close with one text. How are you glorifying God and how is it seen in your life? It's going to be seen by what you worship. It's going to be seen by you coming to the living stone, the Lord Jesus Christ. And and therefore you become lively stones, as Peter will go on to say, offering up spiritual sacrifices, daily spiritual sacrifices to him. And this will be the desire of your heart, as David says in Psalm 63. O God, thou art my God, you are my Father. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. To see your power and to see your glory, so as I have seen you in the sanctuary, because your loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise thee. Thus will I bless thee while I live. I will lift up my hands in thy name. My soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness. And my mouth shall praise thee with joyful lips. When I remember thee upon my bed and meditate on thee in the night watches. Because thou hast been my help. Therefore in the shadow of thy wings will I rejoice. May God bless you and keep you. And may you rejoice in him as your father, your heavenly father today.